0: Ah yes, it's another episode of MLB Morning Coffee coming to you on a Thursday from the Ocean Avenue Studios here in San Francisco, California. This is Greg Mirage, the host of this program. Thank you so much for tuning in. I sincerely appreciate it. Make sure that you write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. It helps out our metrics tremendously, and also make sure that you spread the word about the show. I hope that you do so so that we grow this product into the biggest, baddest, well, not baddest in terms of bad, but you know what I mean, podcast that it can be. Before I get into baseball, I want to start off by saying that the community around where I live right now in San Francisco is severely affected by the wildfires. The state of California, and especially Northern California, there are a grand total of 367 different wildfires going on right now. Lightning strikes that happened over the weekend caused brush fires, and a lot of these fires are going out of control. Significantly in Salinas and also in Napa Valley, the Napa Valley fire is going to be affecting a lot of the areas of where I have lived and where I currently live here in San Francisco. The East Bay is severely affected as well, so I know that everybody that listens to this podcast isn't necessarily a Northern California native or a resident. But I do hope that you find it in your heart to have some empathy for everybody that does live around here right now. Okay, so the opening segment that I'm doing today is something that I don't think I was going to have to ever talk about in the year 2020. I didn't think that it was necessary. I thought that we all as a society had somewhat learned that you don't say certain things. Certain things are offensive. If you say certain things, then people are going to think that you're a bigot, that you are a racist, that you are, at least in the case we're going to talk about, a homophobe. And that brings me to what happened with Reds TV broadcaster Tom Brenneman before game two of the Reds doubleheader against the Kansas City Royals. They did a doubleheader, and so they had a separate pregame show. I learned from my years in broadcasting Whenever you put the headset on, whenever there is a microphone in front of you, you've got to watch what you say. Always goes without question. There are people that say things on a hot mic that they don't mean, whether it's a swear word or whether it's talking something bad about somebody. Those mistakes happen if you say the F word by mistake, whatever. You're not offending anybody except for people that are offended by strong language. Fine. But in the case of Tom Brenneman, he is on a hot mic right before he is about to do his intro to the pregame segment. And he says something, and I'm not going to repeat it, that is 100% homophobic. And everybody across Twitter in the mid evening yesterday heard it. And Tom Brenneman only became aware of what he had said during about the third or the fourth inning of that game. And then tried to apologize during the game, was pulled off the air. He actually apologized during the middle of a Nick Castellanos home run. It was so weird and it was so awkward. And good for the crew at Fox Sports Ohio for pulling him off the air. Tom Brenneman apologized because he said something that could get him fired. Is Tom Brenneman sorry? If you believe that Tom Brenneman is sorry... I have a tropical resort in Siberia that I would like to sell you. Oh my goodness. If you say something like that, when nobody's watching or when you feel like nobody's watching, that's how you really feel. Tom Brenneman isn't sorry. He's just sorry that his little mistake, his little homophobic boo-boo is going to potentially cost him his job. You don't say that. If you say that, I don't care where it is or what it is. If you say that, you mean it, okay? Tom Brenneman is a certifiable homophobe based on that statement that he just made. That's it. There's no going back from that. You put your flag in the ground. You staked your claim. I don't care if it's on a microphone or whether it's in solitary confinement. You don't say that. Ever. it's offensive it's rude it's bigoted it does not belong in our society and as somebody that lives in a community that has a high population of lgbtq people i know firsthand how offensive that word is it is the equivalent of saying the n-word that might not be totally apples to apples, but you get my idea. You get what I'm trying to convey to you. And if Tom Brenneman had come out on his apology and said, I am sorry to the LGBTQ community and said to them, to the members of the LGBTQ community, I am sorry for what I said. It was short-sighted and offensive. I will never say it again. If you say, I am sorry to anybody that I might have offended, that basically just means to me, you're apologizing because somebody made you to. You're apologizing because your ass is going to get fired for being a homophobe. You don't say that unless you actually feel that. People always have told me, and I believe this, 99% of the things that come out of your mouth are things that you actually mean. Tom Brenneman doesn't say that unless he actually feels that way. So I guess we know all we need to know about Tom Brenneman. He's probably not going to get fired. He'll probably get suspended. But if the Reds and Fox Sports Ohio were to fire him, they would send a clear message to the LBGTQ community that they have a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to homophobia, bigotry, and hate. And that's exactly what this was. You go back, I'm not going to play it, you go back and you listen to that statement and it clearly shows everything you need to know about Tom Brenneman and I can't believe a word that comes out of his mouth based on what he said. If that, in your own words, Tom, is not who you are, then why did you say it? Why did you say it? Oh, I know why you said it because that's how you feel. And if anybody out there listening believes that Tom Brenneman is actually sorry and that's not who he is, go back and listen to what he said. Listen to his tone. If you believe his apology, then you're a damn fool. Now, the Cincinnati Reds later last night put out this statement. The Cincinnati Reds organization is devastated by the horrific homophobic remark made this evening by broadcaster Tom Brenneman. He was pulled off the air and effective immediately was suspended from doing Reds broadcasts. We will be addressing our broadcasting team in the coming days. In no way does this incident represent our players, coaches, organization, or our fans. We share our sincerest apologies to the LBGTQ Plus community in Cincinnati, Kansas City, all across this country and beyond. The Reds embrace a zero-tolerance policy for bias or discrimination of any kind, and we are truly sorry to anyone who, who has been offended. So okay, that's at least a start, but we don't necessarily know if that is going to be the end of Tom Brenneman. He's been suspended. If he's fired, I think the Reds have truly put their line in the sand in regards to how they feel on this issue. So on that note, let's start our recap segment with the Reds and the Royals doubleheader. Ryan O'Hearn hits it into right center field and that's gonna be down. Here comes Dozier with Solaire right behind him, and Ryan O'Hearn gives the Royals a 3-0 lead in the first inning. This is what you can call a split shutout doubleheader. The Royals blank the Reds 4-0 in game one, and then the Reds blank the Royals 5-0 in game two. Reds are 10-12, and 12, Royals are 10-15. and 15. In game one, Brad Keller got the win. He is 3-0. Six and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball, three hits three walks, five strikeouts. Luis Castillo takes the loss. He is 0-3, four runs, three earned on five hits over three and a third, two walks and five strikeouts. Trevor Rosenthal gets the save, his sixth. He pitches to one batter and gets a strikeout. He recorded the only other out of the game that was not recorded by Keller. Three of the four runs for the Royals came in the bottom of the first inning. Jorge Soler had an RBI double and then Ryan O'Hearn with a two RBI single. Bottom four, Whit Merrifield hit an RBI single to make it 4 nothing Kansas City. Cincinnati had just three hits in the ballgame. For Kansas City, Ryan O'Hearn won for three with two RBI. Jorge Soler, two for three with an RBI and a run scored. Whit Merrifield goes two for four. In game two, Trevor Bauer got the start for the Reds. He improved to 3-0. Bauer went a complete game seven innings, allowed just one hit, walked three, struck out nine. Matt Harvey in his Royals debut took the loss. He is 0-1. He allowed three runs on four hits over three innings, two walks, and four strikeouts. Reds got three in the top of the third inning, thanks to a Jesse Winker two-run homer, his sixth, and a Eugenio Suarez homer, his third. Nick Castellanos hit his ninth homer in the top of the fifth inning, that potentially being the last play that Tom Brenneman ever calls as a member of the Reds broadcast crew, and then Kurt Casale hit his third homer of the year to make it 5 nothing in the top of the sixth inning. As we said, Reds had seven hits. Royals had just one. That one came from Adalberto Mondesi. For the Reds, Castellanos goes two for three with an RBI and two runs scored. Jesse Winker, one for four with two RBI and a run scored. Eugenio Suarez, two for three with an RBI, a walk, and a run scored. Also in the game, Casale goes one for two with an RBI and a run scored. Let's keep the theme with the Ohio teams. We go to Pittsburgh for the Indians and the Pirates. Pitch to Santana. Drilled, deep right field, and she is gone. A home run for Carlos Santana, his second three-run homer in his many nights. That 3-2 pitch ended up in the cheap seats. A pair of three-run innings vaults the Indians to a 6-1 win over the Pirates. Cleveland is 15-9. Pittsburgh is a major league worst, 4-16. The winner, Aaron Savali, he is 3-2. Savali goes a complete game. He allows one run on five hits, no walks, and six strikeouts. The losing pitcher out of the bullpen for Pittsburgh is Dovidas Nevarowskis. Navarowskis falls to 0-3. He allows three runs on two hits in one inning, one walk, and two strikeouts. This was a scoreless game going into the top of the sixth inning. Pirates starter Stephen Brault went five shutout, allowed two hits, one walk, and three strikeouts. Top six, Carlos Santana hits a three-run homer, his third to make it 3-0. Then top eight, Domingo Santana hits a bases-clearing double with the bases loaded, to make it 6 to nothing, Indians, Josh Bella a sack fly bottom nine, but that was it, and that was all as the Indians put up a dominating performance against the Buckos. For Cleveland, nobody had multiple hits in the ballgame. The Santanas each had three RBI. Jose Ramirez had two runs scored. For Pittsburgh, they had just five hits. Jesse Stallings goes two for two. He was the only Pirate with multiple hits in this game. Pardon me, Jacob Stallings. I don't know where I got Jesse Stallings from. We now head to New York for a critical battle between the top two teams in the American League East, the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. That's a hot shot, base hit, center field. Lau's on his way to the plate. Hicks will make the throw back to second. Brandon Lau scores. Martinez goes to third. Brasso comes through again. Rays break a 2-2 tie with a two-run top of the eighth inning. They edge the Yankees 4-2 at Yankee Stadium. Rays are 16-9. Yankees are 16-8. Peter Fairbanks gets the win out of the bullpen. He is 3-1. He retires just one batter. That's all he needed. Zach Britton takes the loss. He is 0-2. He allows two runs, one earned on two hits in two-thirds of an inning. The save goes to Jalen Beeks, his second as he pitches two-thirds of an inning and records two strikeouts. Tampa got a run in the first inning, checked that. the second inning, on a solo shot from G-Man Choi, his second, and then added one on in the top of the third, thanks to a Mike Zanino solo homer, his third. Luke Voigt hit his ninth homer of the year in the bottom of the third inning to make it 2-1, to one, and then Gio Urshela tied the game on a sack fly in the bottom of the sixth inning. Mike Brasso had the go-ahead RBI single in the top of the eighth inning to make it three to two, and then Willie Adamas added on an insurance run with an RBI single of his own in that top of the eighth inning. Rays had eight hits in the ball game. Yankees had four. For Tampa, Willie Adamas goes two for four with an RBI. He was the only Ray with multiple hits in the game. For New York, they had nobody with multiple hits. Luke Voigt went one for two. He drew two walks, had an RBI, and one run scored. Worth noting that Garrett Cole got the start for the Yankees in this game. He allowed two runs on six hits in six and two-thirds innings, one walk and ten strikeouts. Tyler Glasnow got the start for Tampa Bay. He allowed two runs and two hits in five and two-thirds innings, three walks and eight strikeouts. Tampa Bay has all of a sudden gotten very hot. Let's go to another twin bill. This time on the north side of Chicago between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. The like 2 that. 1 driven out to deep center. How about the first time this year? Let's say it Grand Slam! Grand Slam! Matt Carpenter, you could see it coming. Grand Slam at Wrigley. He came in hitting 491 on a 2 1 pitch. Smoke that baby. 4-0 Cardinals with one swing of the bat. That Matt Carpenter grand slam got the Cardinals out to an early lead. They would not relinquish it in their 9-3 win in game one. In game two, the Cubs would edge the Cardinals 4-2. Chicago is 16-8. Cardinals are 6-7. In game one, the winning pitcher was Tyler Webb. He is 1-1, one one, an inning and a third out of the bullpen, No walks and two strikeouts. Jack Flaherty went just an inning and two-thirds in his start as he allowed one run. Alec Mills took the loss. He is two and two. Six runs on seven hits, two walks, and one strikeout. Cardinals got those four runs on the Carpenter Grand Slam. Cubs got a run in the bottom of the first on an Ian Hapholmer, his sixth. Then top second, Tommy Edmond with an RBI single to make it 5-1 St. Louis. Top of the fourth, Paul Goldschmidt adds on a run with an RBI single of his own. Tommy Edmond then with an RBI single top of the sixth to make it 7-1. And Brad Miller had a 2-RBI double to make it 9-1 St. Louis. Josh Fegley had a two-run homer, bottom seven runs that didn't matter. It was Fegley's first homer of the year. By the way, also Carpenter's first homer of the year. For St. Louis, Carpenter, the big blow, one for four with four RBI and a run scored. Tommy Edmond had a great day. He goes three for four with two RBI and two runs scored. Brad Miller, two for three with two RBI. For the Cubs, they had just two hits in game one. Josh Fagley had one of them with a two run homer. He went one for one. Ian Happ with the other. He hit the solo homer and went one for three. In game two, the Cubs were the road team. They scored two runs in the top of the second inning thanks to a Victor Caratini 2-RBI single. Cardinals tied it thanks to a run in the 5th and a run in the 6th inning. And then in the top of the 7th inning, David Bodie gave the Cubs the lead with a 2-RBI single, and the Cubs held on from there. Jeremy Jeffress picked up the win. He is 2-1, one One run in one inning, two walks, no strikeouts. The loss to Andrew Miller, he is 0-1. He allows two runs on three hits in a third of an inning. The save, oh my goodness, to Craig Kimbrell, his first. He strikes out the side. It looks like maybe his problems have been fixed. Adbert Alzolay got the start for the Cubs. He allowed no runs, or rather no earned runs. One unearned run on two hits in five innings, one walk, and six strikeouts. For the Cubs, nobody had multiple hits. Multiple RBI, though, from Caratini and David Bodie. Cardinals had just three hits as a squad, nobody had multiple hits amongst their lineup. We keep it in Chicago for the Tigers and the White Sox, a battle between two guys making their major league debuts. Mazzara, that big chopper on the infield. Jose right field, well struck toward the wall, out of here! Bring him home the first hit since the fifth inning. It's off of Soto and the Sox lead 4 to 3. Tim loves it. White Sox with homers from Jose Abreu and Edwin Encarnacion in the bottom of the 8th inning give the White Sox a 5-3 lead. They hold on to win by that score. White Sox are 14 and 11. Tigers are 9 and 13. Evan Marshall gets the win. He is 1 and 1. The White Sox reliever pitches a perfect eighth inning. He strikes out one. Gregory Soto takes the loss. He allowed both homers in the eighth inning to Abreu and Encarnacion. He is 0-1. Two hits allowed by him. Alex Colomay gets the save, his sixth. He pitches a scoreless ninth inning with one strikeout. Both Casey Mize for the Tigers and Dane Dunning for the White Sox went four and a third innings. Mize allowed three runs on seven hits, no walks, and seven strikeouts. Dunning allowed three runs on five hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts as well. So very similar performances. White Sox got the first run of the ball game in the bottom of the second inning on Edwin Encarnacion's third homer of the year. In the top of the fifth inning, the Tigers took the lead thanks to a three-run homer from Jaime Candelario, his second of the year. Bottom five, White Sox tied at three thanks to a Tim Anderson RBI single and a Juan Moncada RBI single. Then bottom eight, the two homers from Abreu and Encarnacion. Fifth of the year for Abreu, second of the game and fourth of the year for Edwin Encarnacion, carrying the parrot around as he always does on homers. Encarnacion goes two for four with two RBI and two runs scored. Jose Abreu two for four with one RBI and one run scored. Tim Anderson one for four with an RBI and a run scored. Yoan Moncada one for four with an RBI as well. For the Tigers, they had just five hits in the ballgame. Candelario had two of them, two for four with three RBI and a run scored. So pretty quiet game for the Tigers as a whole offensively. We take you now to Miami for the Mets and the Marlins. And Conforto cracks one out to center field. Back goes VR near the wall, and it's out of here. Michael Conforto puts the Mets back in front. A big clutch two-run ninth-inning home run from Michael Conforto. A clutch homer from Michael Conforto, his fourth of the year to break a three-three tie in the top of the ninth inning. Mets beat the Marlins five three. New York is 12 and 14. Marlins have fallen back to 500 at nine and nine. Winning pitcher Edwin Diaz, the Sugar Man, goes one and a third, allows no hits, walks one, strikes out four. He doesn't allow a run. He is 1-0. and Brandon Kinsler takes the loss. He is 1-2. and He allows two runs on two hits in one inning, no walks, and one strikeout. Starting pitchers in this game for Miami, it was Pablo Lopez. He allows two runs on seven hits in six and a third, one walk, and five strikeouts. For the Mets, it was Jacob DeGrom. Six shutout innings, four hits, no walks, and seven strikeouts. Mets got the first run of the game in the top of the second inning on a Wilson Ramos sacrifice fly. Then top seven, Luis Giorme made it 2-0 with an RBI single. In the bottom of the seventh inning, the Marlins got their first run on a wild pitch from New York's Justin Wilson. Top eight, Dominic Smith had an RBI double that made it 3-1 New York, but the Marlins tied it at three in the bottom of the inning thanks to a bases-loaded hit-by-pitch of Eddie Alvarez and a bases-loaded walk to Logan Forsyth. So it was 3-3 until the Conforto homer top of the ninth. Conforto goes one for four with two runs scored and two RBI. Dominic Smith, two for four with an RBI and a run scored. Luis Guillorme, two for four with an RBI. Brandon Nimmo goes two for five with a run scored. For Miami, Jesus Aguilar, two for five with a run scored. Matt Joyce, two for four with a run scored. Francisco Cervelli, one for two with two walks in the game. Miami had seven hits, New York had 10. Well, it was a slugfest up in Minnesota but it was not from the Bomba squad. Brewers and Twins next up on your docket. Braun turns on one, deep to left field, out of line and it's gone. Ryan Braun, a rope, touch it inside the foul pole and the Brewers take the lead here in the third. Right, nice short stroke by Brawny and he uh, hammered that one. This question was going to be fair. A pair of four-run innings for the crew, four in the third, four in the fifth. They roll over Minnesota 9-3. Brewers are 11-11. and 11. Twins are 16-9. And Brett Anderson gets his first win in a Brewers uniform. He is 1-2. and two. He allows one run on five hits over six innings, no walks and five strikeouts. Rich Hill takes the loss for Minnesota. He is 1-1. One one. Four earned runs on four hits in two and two-thirds innings, three walks and one strikeout. Twins got the first run of the ball game in the bottom of the second inning on an Eddie Rosario RBI single. Then Ryan Braun hits his first homer of the year, a two-run shot in the top of the third, and Avasiel Garcia drove home two more on a two-RBI single to make it 4-1. to It remained 4-1 until the top of the fifth inning. Christian Yelich hit a two-run homer, his sixth, and Avasiel Garcia hit a two-run homer, his second, 8-1 Milwaukee at the time. Brewers weren't done with the long ball. Keston Hiura hit a solo shot, top of the ninth inning, his sixth of the year, to make it 9 1 Milwaukee. Minnesota got two runs in the bottom of the ninth inning thanks to a Marwin Gonzalez homer and an Ildemar Vargas RBI single. For the Brewers, Ryan Braun goes two for four with two RBI and two runs scored. Christian Yelich, two for four with two RBI and two runs scored. Keston Hiura, three for four with an RBI and two runs scored. Avaciel Garcia two for four with four RBI and one run scored. Minnesota had Miguel Sano with a two for four performance with two runs scored. Marwin Gonzalez two for four with an RBI and a run scored. Ildamaro Vargas goes two for four with an RBI as well. Our next stop is Boston for the Phillies and the Red Sox. Stroke to center field, backing up Kingery, turning around, that ball is gone. Crushed it to center field. Boston back in the win column. They beat the Phillies 6-3. to Austin Bryce is the winner. He is 1-0. and He goes an inning and a third out of the bullpen. No hits, no runs, no walks and two strikeouts. Jake Arrieta takes the loss. He is 1-3. Four runs on five hits in four and a third innings. Four walks and three strikeouts. Brandon Workman, his fourth save. A perfect ninth inning with one strikeout. Red Sox are 7-18, and Phillies are 9-10. and Phillies got two runs in the top of the first inning on a Phil Gosselin RBI single and a Dede Gregorius sacrifice fly. Bottom third, Red Sox tie the game on a Rafael Devers two-run homer, his third, and then take the lead in the bottom of the fourth inning on a Jackie Bradley Jr. sacrifice fly. Bottom five, the Red Sox extend the lead as Kevin Pillar reaches on a fielding error by Reese Hoskins that scored Alex Verdugo. Top seven, Reese Hoskins then reached on a throwing error by Sue Wei Lin. Neil Walker scored to make it 4-3 Boston, but Rafael Devers came up with an RBI double in the bottom of the seventh inning to make it 5-3, and then Jackie Bradley Jr. with an RBI double to make it 6-3 in the bottom of the eighth inning. Phillies had just three hits in the ball game. They were from Andrew McCutcheon, Phil Gosselin, and Neil Walker. For the Red Sox, Rafael Devers goes three for four with three RBI and a run scored. Mitch Moreland, two for three with two runs scored. Jackie Bradley Jr., one for two with two RBI. Christian Vasquez goes one for three. We will now take you to Baltimore for the Blue Jays and the Orioles. I just got to stick with it. High fly ball to left center field. It is well hit, and he has done it again. Another home run for Randall Gritchick. His second of the game, and the Blue Jays are back on top. That Randall Gritchik homer put the Blue Jays up 3-2 in the top of the sixth inning. They would not relinquish that lead. They scored a run in the eighth and a run in the ninth. They beat Baltimore 5-2. Blue Jays are at 10-11. Orioles fall back to 500. They're at 12 and 12. Tanner Roark gets the win. He is two and one. Roark goes five innings of two-run baseball. Just one of those runs earned. He allows nine hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. Tommy Malone takes the loss. He is one and three. Malone allows three runs on seven hits over six innings, no walks, and seven strikeouts. Rafael Dolis gets the save, his first of the year. Dolis allows one hit in one inning, one walk, and three strikeouts. Toronto struck first with a run in the top of the second inning thanks to a Randall Gritchick homer, his fifth. Then the Orioles scored two, bottom of the fourth inning, thanks to a Dwight Smith single and a Pat Voleka single. Randall Gritchick's second homer of the game, his sixth of the year, the call you just heard, gave the Blue Jays a 3-2 lead in the top of the inning. Brandon Drury hit a sacrifice fly top eight, to make it four to two Toronto, and then Lord Guriel with a piece of insurance on an RBI single in the top of the ninth inning. For Toronto, Gritchik the star, two for four with three RBI and two runs scored. Travis Shaw one for four with two runs scored. Lord Guriel, two for five with an RBI. Brandon Drury, two for three with an RBI as well. For Baltimore, a pair of two-hit games. For Hanser Alberto, he goes two for four with a run scored. And Dwight Smith, he goes two for four with a run scored. Also had two-hit games from Pat Valaika, who goes two for four with an RBI, and Cedric Mullins, who goes two for four as well. Our next stop, we're going to head west for the Astros and the Rockies from Coors Field. Two hits tonight. He's walked a batter. Correa hooks one down the line, plenty of distance, and this ball is gone. Home run, Carlos Correa, Jess Bear down the left field line. Astros with two solo home runs tonight, and they lead it two to one. Big day for the Astros offensively. They pound Colorado thirteen to six. Framber Valdez gets the win. He is two and two. He allows three runs, one earned on seven hits. In seven and two-thirds innings, one walk and five strikeouts. Ryan Castellani, the loss for Colorado, he is 0-1. He allows five runs on eight hits in five and two-thirds innings. No walks, or rather, one walk and one strikeout. No save in the game. Astros are 14 and 10. Rockies are 13 and 11. Rockies got the first run of the ball game in the bottom of the second inning on a Raimel Tapia RBI single. Then Martin Maldonado tied the game with a solo homer, his third in the top of the third. Top five, Carlos Correa gave the Astros the lead with a solo shot his third, and then Taylor Jones extended the lead to 3-1 with an RBI single. Astros broke it open, top of the sixth inning, thanks to a Kyle Tucker 2-RBI triple, and then Taylor Jones had another RBI single, 6-1, going into the bottom of the sixth inning. Top of the seventh, Astros scored four. Abraham Toro with an RBI single, Uri Guriel with an RBI double, and then Carlos Correa with a 2-RBI single. Houston also got late homers from George Springer his fourth and Kyle Tucker his third. Tucker in the ball game goes four for five with four RBI and three runs scored. Correa goes three for five with three RBI and two runs scored. Taylor Jones two for five with two RBI. Martin Maldonado two for four with an RBI and a run scored. George Springer two for five with an RBI and two runs scored. Abraham Toro goes two for three with an RBI and a run scored. For Colorado, they did not hit any homers in the ball game. Rymel Tapia goes two for three with an RBI, a run scored, and a walk. Matt Kemp, two for four with two runs scored. Chris Owings goes two for four with an RBI and a run scored as well. We'll head down to San Diego where the Padres won a dramatic game in extra innings against the Rangers. Machado on a deep left field. It is high, deep, and it is a Grand Slam to walk it off! Manny Machado is tonight's Padres hero! I think the San Diego Padres have complete ownage on the Texas Rangers at this point. A walk-off Grand Slam that turns a 3-2 deficit into a 6-3 win for San Diego. Padres are 14-12, Rangers are 10-13. Tim Hill gets the win out of the bullpen. He is 1-0. He allows one hit in one inning, no walks, and two strikeouts. For Texas, the loser, Rafael Montero, the closer. He allows four runs, three earned on one hit in one and a third, two walks, and one strikeout. The starters in this ballgame were great. For Texas, Lance Lynn, seven innings, two runs on eight hits, no walks, and six strikeouts. For San Diego, Chris Paddock, one run on four hits over six innings. Two walks and five strikeouts. Texas got the first run of the game in the top of the second inning thanks to Rugnet Odor's third homer of the year. Padres tied it bottom third thanks to Jerks and Profar's fourth homer and then take the lead on the 12th homer of the year from Fernando Tatis Jr. to make it 2-1. It remained 2-1 until the top of the ninth inning when Joey Gallo tied the game with a solo homer, his seventh of the year. We go to extras, Willie Calhoun with the go-ahead single to make it 3-2 to two Rangers, and then Machado with the Grand Slam to put the game away. By the way, it is worth noting that the Grand Slam came with one out in the 10th inning. For San Diego, Machado, the star of the show, two for five with four RBI and a run scored. Tatis Jr., two for four with two runs scored and an RBI. Jake Cronenworth, two for four as well. Jerkson Profar one for four with an RBI and two runs scored. For Texas, Rugnit Odor two for four with an RBI and a run scored. Jose Trevino goes two for three. And also of note for Texas, Joey Gallo, who hit his seventh homer and went one for four with an RBI, a run scored, and a walk. Now to Oakland for the A's and the Diamondbacks. That would hit in the air to left field. So, Costa going back. Looking up, at the wall, and that baby's gone. That's a two-run shot for Canna, 4-0 A. A pair of two-run innings all the A's need as they beat the Diamondbacks 4-1 at the Coliseum. A's are 17-8, Diamondbacks are 13-12. Their six-game winning streak is snapped. The winner, Jesus Lazardo, he is 2-0. No runs allowed for him over six and a third innings. Just four hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. The loss to Merrill Kelly, he is three and two. Four runs on five hits over five innings, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Liam Hendricks picks up his eighth save as he pitches a perfect ninth with one strikeout. A's got two runs in the bottom of the first inning on a Robbie Grossman ground rule double. It was a bases-loaded situation. It probably would have scored all three if the ball had stayed in play. A's get two on that Mark Canna home run that you just heard to make it 4-0, bottom third. Only run for the Diamondbacks came in the top of the eighth inning on a Starling Marte sacrifice fly. Each team had six hits in the ball game. A's had nobody with multiple hits. The RBI coming from Canna and Grossman, two each for them. Grossman also drew two walks. He went one for two in the game. For Arizona, Nick Ahmed went two for four and Ketel Marte went two for four. They had four of the six hits for Arizona. Now up to Seattle for the Dodgers and the Mariners. There you go, deep drive left field. That baby's gone. <clears throat> Mariners got the lead now at four to three. Nolan responsible for all of the runs. Home run number three takes his RBI total to 12. That Austin Nola homer put the Mariners up 4-3 in the bottom of the third inning. They would not look back. They beat the Dodgers 6-4. Mariners are 8-18. They snap out of their funk. Dodgers fall to 18-8. Taiwan Walker the win. He is 2-2. Walker goes seven innings of three-run baseball. Four hits allowed, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Dennis Santana takes the loss out of the bullpen he is 1-1, one one, four runs on three hits in two-thirds of an inning. The save goes to Taylor Williams, his fourth. Williams allows one hit in an inning and a third, two walks and three strikeouts. He did not allow a run. For the Mariners, they got their first run in the bottom of the first inning on an Austin Nola RBI single. Top second, homers from Max Muncy, his sixth, and Jock Peterson, his fourth, to make it 2-1 L.A., Cody Bellinger hit a homer, his fifth, to make it 3-1, to but then Austin Nola's three-run homer made it a 4-3 Mariner lead. J.P. Crawford with a sack fly in that bottom of the third inning as well to extend the lead to 5-3. Bottom six, Dylan Moore hits a solo homer, his fifth, 6-3 Seattle. Dodgers got one more run thanks to a Justin Turner RBI single in the top of the eighth inning. For Seattle, Dylan Moore, two for five with two runs scored and an RBI Austin Nola, two for four with four RBI and a run scored. Also worth noting, Tim Lopes went two for four in the game as well, as did Kyle Lewis, who is still hitting at 351. He had one run scored as well. Nobody for the Dodgers had multiple hits, just the solo homers from Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger, and Jock Peterson. Our final game of the night, we go back to the Bay Area for the Giants and the Angels. He goes, high drive to left, down the line. It is out of here. And the Giants lead 3-0. The Giants offense was up early and it stayed up late as the Giants beat the Angels 7-2. San Francisco was won two in a row over Anaheim. They are 10-16. and Angels are 8-17. Johnny Cueto with the win, he is 2-0, he allows two runs on four hits over five and two-thirds innings, one walk and eight strikeouts. Patrick Sandoval takes the loss for Anaheim, he is 0-3, five runs on six hits in four innings, two walks and one strikeout. Giants got three runs in the bottom of the third inning on a Wilmer Flores three-run homer and then made it 5-0 thanks to Austin Slater's two-run homer. It was the fifth homer of the year for Flores and the fourth for Slater. Angels got both of their runs in the top of the sixth inning thanks to an Anthony Rendon RBI double and an Albert Pujols RBI single. Giants got two back in the bottom of the seventh inning on a sack fly from Evan Longoria and an RBI single from Wilmer Flores. Looking at the box score, Flores was the star of the show as he goes 2 for 4 with 4 RBI. Mike Ostrowski goes 2 for 4 with a run scored. Evan Longoria 2 for 3 with an RBI and a run scored. Austin Slater 2 for 3 with 2 RBI, 2 runs scored and a walk. For Anaheim, David Fletcher goes 2 for 4, Anthony Rendon goes 2 for 4, Tommy Lastella goes 1 for 3 with a run scored. That's your recap of Wednesday, August nineteenth, two thousand twenty. Let's take a look now at today's ball games. We will start off in New York. First game of the day at one o five Eastern. Sixteen and nine Rays at the sixteen and eight Yankees. John Curtis goes for Tampa Bay. He is one zero with a two eight four ERA. James Paxton for New York. One one with a seven o four ERA. Doubleheader at Salem Field in Buffalo, New York between the Phillies and the Blue Jays. Game one scheduled to get started at 107 Eastern time. Phillies are 9-10, Blue Jays are 10-11. Spencer Howard goes for Philly in game one. He is 0-1 with a 7-8-8 ERA. Chase Anderson for Toronto in game one. No record in ERA of three. In game 2 it will be Vince Velasquez for Philly no record at 7.88 ERA against Trent Thornton for Toronto no record at 2.25 ERA. 1:10 central time in Chicago 9 and 13 Tigers at the 14 and 11 White Sox. Spencer Turnbull for Detroit 2-1 at 2.78 ERA. Lucas Giolito for the Shy Sox 1 and 2 with a 4.88 earned run average. 1:10 mountain time in Colorado 14 and 10 Astros at the 13 and 11 Rockies. Christian Javier for Houston 2 and 1 with a 2.91 ERA. Herman Marquez for Colorado 2 and 3 with a 2.25 earned run average. 6 10 Eastern Time in Miami, 12 and 14 Mets at the 9 and 9 Marlins. This is interesting. Seth Lugo, who has been used mainly out of the bullpen, will get the start for New York. He is 1 and 2 with a 2.61 ERA. Daniel Castano for Miami 0 1 with a 4.35 earned run average. 7:05 Eastern Time start in Pittsburgh 15 and 9 Indians at the 4 and 16 Pirates. Shane Bieber for Cleveland, he is 4 and 0 with a 1.30 ERA. Trevor Williams for Pittsburgh, he is 1 and 3 with a 3.98 earned run average. 4:10 Pacific Time in Seattle, 18 and 8 Dodgers at the 8 and 18 Mariners. Clayton Kershaw for L.A. two and one with a 2.65 ERA. Yusei Kikuchi for Seattle 0 one with a 5.28 earned run average. 6:10 Central Time in Minnesota. 11 and 11 Brewers at the 16 and nine Twins. It'll be a battle of aces. Brandon Woodruff for Milwaukee one and one with a 3.16 ERA. Jose Barrios for Minnesota one and three with a 5.92. 7.35 Eastern time in Baltimore, 7-18 Red Sox at the 12-12 Orioles. Nate Valdi for Boston, 1-2 with a 5-9-3 ERA. Asher Wojciechowski for Baltimore, 1-2 with a 4-34 ERA. 5-10 Pacific time in San Diego, 10-13 Rangers at the 14-12 Padres. Kyle Gibson for Texas, 1-2 with a 3.74 4 ERA. Denelson LeMay for San Diego, 2-1 with a 1.59 9 earned run average. 7-10 central time in St. Louis, 10-12 Reds at the 6-7 Cardinals. Sonny Gray for Cincinnati, 4-1 with a 205 ERA. Okay, that can't be right. I feel like Sonny Gray just pitched like two days ago. I assume that's not correct, but that is what is listed. Adam Wainwright for St. Louis, 2-0 with a 164 ERA. 6-0. 40 Pacific time at the Coliseum in Oakland, 13 and 12 Diamondbacks at the 17 and 8 A's. Alex Young for Arizona, 1 and 0 with a 3.86 ERA. Sean Mania for Oakland, 0 2 with a 7.65 earned run average. And then it'll be 6:45 Pacific time in San Francisco, 8 and 17 Angels at the 10 and 16 Giants. Jose Suarez makes his season debut for Anaheim. Kevin Gaussman goes for the Giants. He's 0-1 with a 421 ERA. That's it. That's all for this edition of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios here in San Francisco, California. Have a great rest of your day. Be safe. We'll talk to you in the AM.